Welcome to the Bearing Life Youth Podcast, the show where we talk to young birders to find out what makes them tick. This is episode 14 of the Bearing Life Youth Podcast, and we had the awesome opportunity to chat to Joshua Olszewski. We had a wonderful chat about the recent birding trip that he's been on, as well as some of the really awesome birds that he managed to see. So without further ado, please welcome Joshua. All right, I just want to welcome Josh and Mark to the show. Welcome. How's it going? Thanks, Chris. Good to be back. Yeah, it's always good to hear Mark's voice. <laughs> Let's uh, start off with the usual question, Josh. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What do you do? And how did we come about meeting? Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm I'm 21 years old. I'm a Stellenbosch resident. I <laughs> live down here in Cape Town. And I've been birding for basically my entire life from the time I was a, a young kid. And I'm currently a, I'm technically a student, but I, I'm doing my Fugaza uh, at the moment. Okay. And what is, uh, what is that? I don't want to pr- mispronounce the word and then cause like a bleep to go in the podcast. Yeah. It's a, uh, so Fugaza, it's, sorry, it's a, it's a weird acronym. It's uh, F-G-A-S-A. It's the Field Guiding Association of South Africa. So it's the um, the body that you go through um, when you want to do any qualification to become a field guide, uh, a tourist guide, a game ranger, anything of that sort um, in South Africa. So I'm currently working on my uh, level one, which is the minimum qualification you need to be a field guide in, in South Africa. Awesome. And where are you planning to become a field guide? Are you planning to stay where you are or are you planning to travel South Africa? Um, ideally, I would love to get in with one of the international boating tour companies like uh, Rock Jumper or Eco Tours or um, any company like that. So um, ideal situation would be to just have my base here in, in Cape Town and then, um, yeah, do tours wherever, um, wherever I am to be had <laughs> internationally or locally. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's definitely the end goal for me right now. Well, we're holding thumbs. You're going to get that job. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to hand over to Mark. Mark has some questions for you. So let's hear what he's got to say. Awesome. All right. All right. Thanks, Chris. So Josh, you have been pretty busy birding over the last while since your previous podcast on the Birding Life podcast. This is your first one on the youth. Um, you were just you just got back home from a birding and herping trip in Manpopa. Tell us a bit how that was and where you went. Uh, for sure, thanks, Mark. Um, yeah, so I actually just came back yesterday from it was I think roughly a week and a half, two weeks, a uh, pretty long birding trip uh, through uh, northern Limpopo with two of my friends from from Durban. Um, just kind of as a uh, for me as a, a clean up if you will <laughs> a last ditch attempt at, yeah a last ditch attempt at cleaning up the last few birds i still needed from limpopo um so we did quite a long route we went uh from bloberg we stayed in bloberg nature reserve for about three nights then from there we went up to mapungubwe national park for two nights and down into the Serpentsburg, louis for two nights into punda maria for four nights and back down to hubbard for two nights as well. So yeah, it was quite a long trip. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that is quite a long trip. Um, and you obviously covered a lot of ground and got some good birding done. 
uh, you and I were chatting a bit earlier and you were showing off to me about some interesting birds you got. <laughs> but um, could you tell us some of the highlights maybe for each destination or area that you went to? Because, I mean, I was quite excited about what you found. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I think every spot that we went to, we had uh, we had some thrilling birds. So I think in Bloberg, um, I think probably the standout bird in Bloberg was probably three-banded Corsa. Um, we were very fortunate to be able to get a couple of those birds in that reserve. That's a big bogey bird for me, so well done. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was amazing, and it was not, it was great because we didn't actually see the Corsa again for the rest of the trip. So, but it was like because we got a couple of them uh, just driving around one night um, in the more open section of the reserve. We got a few, um, which was really really amazing. From there, we went to a spot near the border of Botswana. Um, that's a known spot for boulder chats, uh, but it's still within Southern African um, borders. Uh, which is pretty amazing. And not a lot of people know that boulder chat's actually quite a, a reliable bird in South Africa because um, I think most people just uh, do a Zim trip and then get it with a whole lot of other called Miombo birds. But it was really nice getting that bird in South Africa. Um, and then I think the other bird from that area that was really, really cool was the collared flycatcher that pitched up there, I think, two or three days later. Um, we were already... We were staying in Mapungubwe at the time, but we actually were coming back down to all this because we had to get fuel. And then on the way down, we heard news of the color flycatcher. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, no, it was really, really like perfect, perfect timing. So just after breakfast, we just shot through and we joined one of their little drives that they, uh, Limpokwena, that's the name of the place, they had put in place um, just uh, like on the couple hourly um, drives to go out and see the bird. Um, so yeah, I just went there, got the bird quick, quick, and then just shot back up to Mapungubwe <laughs> straight afterwards. And then, yeah, in Mapungubwe itself, um, I just think, I mean, I didn't get any new birds in, in the park itself, but I mean, the birding was just amazing. Along the river, this was actually quite a cool sighting from that park, was along the river, um, we had quite an abundance of common cuckoos which is, I mean, it's not actually a common bird in South Africa. Um, <laughs> yeah, quite an ironic name down here. Yeah, extremely, extremely. Um, yeah, African cuckoo, which is its, it's look-alike, is supposed to be far more common. Um, but we had them all along the Limpopo River there in the park. Um, and even at Limpokwena, which was the spot where the color flycatcher was, um because that uh reserve is on the limpopo river as well um we had quite a few common cuckoos there as well and then even when we shot across to kruger along the louvre there i think we had about two or three um common cuckoos which was it was really really amazing seeing so many of them um but yeah we first started seeing the numbers of them in mapungubwe um then from there, we went down to Serpentsburg, and by far the standout bird there was the blue-spotted wood dove. Um, we managed to connect with one on our, I think it was our second morning there. Um, and it was actually, it was the day before um, the cyclone, Cyclone Eloise, was rolling in. And literally, we got up super early that morning. We went to, we got a spot for the dove from Daniel Engelbrecht, who's a very, very good young bird up there. And, and he's also been on this, on this podcast. And, um, 
he uh, he gave us a spot. We went there first thing in the morning, got the dove, and just after we got the dove, it started pouring, and we couldn't do anything for the rest of our time in Serpentsburg. Wow, so you're very lucky, eh? Yeah, no, so because yeah, we were just glad that we got the dove before the downpour. So yeah, um, but from there we went across to Punda, and that we drove through basically the part of the cyclone that moved over northern Limpopo when we were going into Kruger. Um, fortunately, it was just a lot of rain. Um, there wasn't exactly any like hectic, hectic weather. But what the rain had kind of done was it had flooded and messed up a lot of the dirt roads in Kruger. So for those first, like the first day and a half, two days that we were in Kruger, the majority of the dirt roads were closed, which was a bit unfortunate because it meant very limited access for us for those two days. Um, but it wasn't a big problem. I mean, the everything, the whole park was basically underwater and everything was just green and lush and every patch of grassland was turned into a floodplain there. So there was less and more hens and dwarf bitten and, I mean, harlequin quails, like you cannot believe, like really, really good numbers of those sort of um, floodplain kind of birds. Um, yeah, we had great painted, great painted snipes and we had... Um, Lots of monotonous larks as well, um, which, funnily enough, that was a lifer for me on this trip. <laughs> and um, yeah, no, it was it was really really amazing. And then as soon as the the dirt roads were open, we had one dirt road. I think it's the the Klopperfontein Road. It goes between Punda and the main Punda Pafuri uh, Tar Road. And I think on the second day, we were driving back down that road to get back to camp in the late afternoon because we had to get back into camp. And as we part, we had the windows down and we passed this very, very small flay. Um, and we were missioning. We weren't going slow. And then as we passed it, we heard this call. And the three of us all kind of like registered that it was a, a crake rail rallied type of call. Um, but we couldn't really place it. So we just reversed back to the, the flay and just took a second to place it. And then I recognized it was the, it was a striped crake. It was the, the contact call. Um, and from then on, it, the, for the rest of those like following day or so, it was a matter of just trying to find this bird that became our number one priority. <laughs> so what we ended up doing was we, um, uh, so that afternoon, we or the rest of that afternoon, we couldn't stick around to try and see it because um, obviously we had to get back to camp before they closed the gates. So the following day, we went straight back to that wetland and we staked it out for the morning. But uh, we had to move on just so we didn't waste all of our time that, that day um, at that spot because we had other boats to see. So then we went out uh, to Pafuri and boated around there for a bit and came back uh, around midday. And we just sat there and um, literally just like looked at this flay. And um, it took us a while. Um, I did beforehand ask a couple of other birders I know um, who've had experience with striped crakes on like, you know, how to see them. Like if it's just a waiting game. And if there's any, if they had any like tips or advice, you know, on how to, how to find this bird. Um, but, um, yeah, basically everyone came back with, yeah, it's, it's a matter of waiting. And I know I asked my friend Dylan Versapoli, he said that, uh, in the evenings they become more active. 
So, um, and that actually turned out to be true. So, <laughs> um, I, I, we sat there from much earlier than we should have. We got there at about half past one and we just sat there through the whole evening, after, whole afternoon, sorry. And around, I think, three o'clock, then we got visuals of her moving through the grass, like about once or twice. Um, and then we uh, did get a, a little flyby from her, which is quite nice. Uh, and I managed to click a, a photo of that as well, which ended up being in the rarities report, which was super, super cool. Um, yeah. And that, that immediately became like the highlight bird of the trip. Like we all undoubtedly agreed that that was like num the number one bird of the trip. So, and I mean, just to, as a cherry on the cake, the next day we were driving up to Pufuri again and we had a corn crake on the side of the road. So we all, <laughs> we all basically completed our crakes on this trip, um, which is really, really amazing. Um, and I think from there, we, yeah, th those were like the main good birds we got in Kruger. We also did get uh, some cool things like uh, mask swallow. We got gray-headed parrots in good numbers around the camp. Um, loads of raptors. Uh, all the migrants were in good numbers, all the, the rollers and bee eaters. And um, we scanned every southern carmine bee eater in the hopes of picking up a northern carmine to no avail. <laughs> but we did try. Um, and yeah, no, I mean, the time in the park, uh, under conditions like that was, was truly, uh, phenomenal and very memorable. Sadly, no sooty turns, um, <laughs> as a cyclone had brought in, we didn't get any of them sadly, but it was okay. Um, and yeah, from there, uh, it was two nuts in Mkhubus Kluf, which was also really, really amazing. We got in touch with Daniel when we were there for those two days and, yeah, we went through Woodbush, we got the Black-Fronted Bushrike, uh, we got Batok in uh, New Agatha, we got Honest Chats in Sanin, we got Tree Puppet in the Volkberg as well, which was really, really amazing. Um, we got about three Tree Puppets there. And yeah, no, it was an amazing, amazing uh, kind of like end to the trip. And then actually on the day we drove back, we drove through Polokwane and we stopped on the Polokwane Game Reserve. And we got Shawclawed Lark and uh, finally got my Olive Tree Warbler after years and years of just listening to it and not seeing it. And yeah, then we just uh, headed back to, to Joburg. And the next day, the, my mates, uh, Nick and Darren, headed down to Derbs and twitched a, a white cheek turn the next day. So <laughs> yeah, 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 no. So it's, it's been a very memorable, uh, very... Um, eventful past two weeks uh yeah that was incredible sure well that's hard work paid off so well done on those great birds that's really fantastic thanks man thanks awesome and and do you still have a bogey bird uh yeah for sure um i think at this point i mean i busted olive tree warbler so i think now it's turned into pallet harrier um <laughs> pallet harrier i still don't know how uh, I haven't bumped into that bird yet. Um, I remember when we arrived in Kruger on this trip and we got to um, the reception, the Ponda Maria reception, I bumped into one of my friends there, Bradwin, and he said that literally like a few days before, he got a pallet harrier and two step eagles between, I think he said between 
Punta Maria and Babalala, which is about halfway down to Shingwazi from Punta Maria. And we drove that road. Shiraz, we had tons of Wahlberg's eagles, tawny eagles, ammo falcons, lesser kestrels, lots and lots of raptors, and no pilot harriers and no step eagle. Step eagle is also becoming a slight bogey of mine. So, yeah, but I think number one at this point is probably pilot harrier. Yeah, uh, some of the some of those birds are like really on my wish list. I actually, actually scratch that. Not some of the birds, all the birds are on my wish list. <laughs> You'll get up there. You'll get up there one day. Yeah, same here. <laughs> Except for the white chick turn. Yeah, no, I mean, white, white chick turn was fun. Yeah, you know, like that one's done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't manage to connect with the the greater frigate bird and the, or the lesser. No, flip. Those birds all showed up further south um, than when we, than where we were. I think the most northern uh, of those, yeah, I think the most northerly of one of those tropical birds that was blown in was there was a city turn between Mapani and Chingwedzi, um, and that was when the roads were still flooded. Uh, apparently, at one point, the the road between Punda and Chingwedzi there was like a hectic flood going over it and they actually didn't know if the road was still like under the water. So they were waiting for the water to die down so they could check if the road was still there. So we were definitely not going to be able to go and see that turn. Um, And funnily enough, when we drove into the park, there were three city turns that were seen flying. uh, I think there was, yeah, that was also between Punda Maria and Shingwazi, but we, we were too busy on like trying to get to our accommodation, you know, um, but yeah, so sadly none of those, but it's it's okay. That wasn't exactly our main priority for <laughs> wanting to go to Kruger. <laughs> oh well. Next yeah. time. <laughs> next time. Next cyclone. Thanks so much for the chat, Josh. Uh, it was really awesome. I I really enjoyed hearing about your trip. Um for those people who haven't had a chance to do any big major travels, I think we're just living vicariously through you now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awesome. It's I always um, I, I always say, um, like, I mean, with this past year with COVID, um, I, the second I got the opportunity to go out, I, I really jumped at it. So this trip is, I think, really made up for, for this past years, not being able to go out um, as much. So, yeah. Awesome. So many happy birding trips next. And um, yeah, uh, hope you get many laughers still. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks so much, man. You too. Cheers, Josh. It was nice to chat to you again. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Once again, I just want to thank Joshua for an awesome podcast. It was really awesome hearing his stories about the birds that he's seen and the awesome opportunity he had to see the striped crack. I just want to thank my co-host Mark Astek as well for an awesome podcast. It's always great to have him on the show. If you enjoyed this podcast or you would like to listen to any of our previous podcasts, be sure to like and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast player. And be sure to follow us on social media. Until next time, happy birding.